0: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah was salat wa salam wa rasulullah. wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahadu la sharika la wa ashadu anna muhammadin abdullahi wa rasuluh. All praises are due to God, all praises are due to God, all praises are due to God. Lord of all the worlds, Lord of all the universe, Lord of all that we can understand, and all that is beyond our understanding and our perception. I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship than the one God, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala, and I bear witness that Muhammad SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam is the final messenger of God, completing the long chain of prophets and messengers which includes Jesus and Moses and Abraham and all the other prophets and messengers we find in God's holy Quran, may God's peace and blessings be upon them all inshallah. My dear brothers and sisters, alhamdulillah, we are at the beginning of another year on the Gregorian calendar, 2020. Congratulations, you all have made it another year. And whatever your age, whatever phase of life, you've made it another year and God has blessed us to live this far. And how long we will live of course is not known to anybody except him. As Allah says in the Quran, our moment of death is known only to him and we cannot make it come any faster nor delay it by any moment uh, at all. Only he is the one that decrees that. As we mark this now passage of time into this new year, they say it should be a period of reflection and resolution. And so indeed, I want to take the opportunity to reflect and to resolve that for us as American Muslims, we have a certain responsibility. And so my topic today, my message today is about us American Muslims starting a renaissance. Us American Muslims starting something big and starting something new for not only our Muslim ummah but for our country. We American Muslims, alhamdulillah, we live in a country that is right now the most powerful and most influential. But as we see from events that have transpired even in the past 24 hours, the wor- not only is our nation, but our world is in need of something better. It is need, in need of something that is much more than what we are living today. We know that from the Quran that Nations and tribes have risen and they have fallen. We know that communities have come into existence and that are no longer with us today. And when you think about that, when one thinks about that, I think about what will become of our American Muslim community. What happens for us as American Muslims over the course of time? When we consider again what is happening in the world, When we consider what is happening in these United States, I dare say we Muslims in these United States have a historic obligation. We have a historic responsibility. You know, our first Muslim brothers and sisters came here on the slave ships from Africa, the horrors and the terrors of slavery, the genocide of slavery. And our country was basically built on the backs of slaves and no, Words can describe what they went through. The debt that is owed to them cannot be repaid. But just in the past few decades, our community has grown. We are more diverse than ever before. We are, alhamdulillah, more mature than ever before, I would say. We are from all parts of the globe, African-American Muslims, immigrant Muslims, second, third, fourth generation Muslims, Convert Muslims and so on and so forth. And as believers, we all believe in La Ilaha Illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. We are more than though just individuals that believe that that message. We are a community that believes that message. We are a global ummah that believes that message. We believe in something, in a message, and in a religion that transcends loyalty to race. It transcends loyalty to culture. It transcends loyalty to nationality or ethnicity, and loyalty only to that what we find in the Quran and the message of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. And God talks about us. He talks about us in the Quran. In Surah Al-Imran, Surah number three, verse number 110. He says, Bismillah, you are indeed the best community. Look at the word that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la uses the best community that has ever been brought forth for the good of mankind. You enjoy the doing of what is right, and you forbid the doing of what is wrong, and you believe in God. Subhanallah. <inaudible> Think about that. It may not feel like it at the moment, but indeed, you are part of the best community that has ever been brought forth for the, all of humanity. And so, we have a historic responsibility. And I want to express hope, and I want to express optimism that despite the darkness that we find our global, uh, global ummah in, that better days lie ahead. That despite our current difficulties and circumstances, both domestically and abroad, we have better days ahead, for as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, with every difficulty comes ease, with every difficulty comes ease. And when it's one of the only verses in the Quran that is repeated back to back, as if to make a point, you're going to go through difficulty, but there shall be ease afterwards. But in the same breath, I want to remind myself first, and then you all as my sisters and brothers in faith, that God, says, Subhanu, God wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ra'id, the 13th Surah, the 11th verse, It sa- he says, rahim, God does not change the condition of a person unless they are willing to change their inner selves. God does not change the condition of a person unless they are willing to change their inner selves, and this is where, if you think about it on a communal context, the condition that we as a Muslim ummah find ourselves in, this is where I believe us as Muslims in these United States can play the role of changing our inner selves. We live in an environment of freedom and relative prosperity. We all know of course that parts of the Muslim world are on fire, on fire. Palestine, Kashmir, parts of the Arab world, Unjust laws in India targeting Muslims, the horrific and satanic oppression of Uighur Muslim brothers and sisters in China, the famine in Yemen. There are so many, and like I said, I'm still though optimistic. They are all believers in La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, all of them, and, but they are suffering. We, as the part of the community here, as believers in La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, we live in relative freedom. We are not suffering their same fate as a result. And as such, we have a responsibility. That is what I would say and I would put forward. My dear brothers and sisters, it sometimes feels as if the entire world, no matter its background, is losing its human soul. And it feels sometimes that it's being lost on the backs of our ummah. But. I dare say again that it has never been a better time to be a Muslim in the United States. Never been a better time to be a Muslim in the United States for we get to work. We Muslims, we live in America in relative freedom, opportunity. We are economically successful by the numbers as they, as they point out. We are politically on the move and we are socially diverse. The late Dr. Maher Hatou Allah Hamo. He used to stand at this very mimbar, and he used to say to those of us who would meet with him and who were mentored by him over the course of time, he would talk about the movement, the Muslim movement in the United States. And he used to tell us there are four steps to our movement, a stair-step process. The first step was that we first, as a Muslim community, be known, that we be known in these United States, that we be known to our fellow Americans. The second step is that we be respected, that our message, our behavior, our actions should elicit respect and we should be respected. The third step is that after you are known, after you're respected, you are then included in the decision-making process. And then finally, the fourth step after you are known, after you're respected and after you're included, create change. And so we are at a stage in 2020, for us as Muslims in these United States, I think we are known. And I would say that we are probably between the stages of being respected and being included. The, the idea though still holds that we as Muslims, regardless of how we are looked upon by our fellow Americans, have still that responsibility. And by the way, this idea of starting a renaissance in our global ummah. Of also helping elevate and save our nation. You have only to look so far in Washington D.C. in the news reports to see how corrosive our government leaders are acting. It is, some may say that's too lofty of a goal. Here we are on a, in a mosque on Vermont Avenue, Vermont Avenue and you're talking about a renaissance. I dare say it is not. Great things, big things have started by the actions of a few who have the stamina, who have the commitment, who are principled in their behavior. One of President Barack Obama, one of his former advisors, Mr. Van Jones, he has a show on CNN, and he is sort of known to have a pulse on the country. He said in 2017, he put it very eloquently about our community, he's not a Muslim himself, but he recognizes and sees who we are in our community, sometimes we don't recognize it ourselves. He said, sometimes God picks a people and puts a burden on a community, not to destroy them, but to develop them. To develop them them so they can do something magnificent in his eyes. The American Muslims have been called upon to save a great faith and a great nation at the same time. Our fellow Americans who are sober-minded recognize what we are and what we can bring. Let us recognize it. uh, Let us understand what we can do. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, we have a mission. Inshallah, our goals are attainable and our resolve and our fortitude and stamina must be equal to the task. However, my dear brothers and sisters, I must express some concern. I must express some concern because if we are to carry out this mission, we have to make sure that our own house is in order. We cannot be preaching to others and saying to others and telling others and not living up to the standards of our own faith. And in the second part of the khutbah, we'll talk about some of what those are. Qudu Allah, ask Allah for whatever you want. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa 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 Alhamdulillah, it is twenty twenty and indeed we can take pride in some of our accomplishments so far. We have organizations like Impact who are helping leading our political inclusion. We have civil rights organizations. We have social organizations. We have Muslims involved in media. I remember there are now, alhamdulillah, there are, there are many of us in this country. I remember back in the 1970s and 80s, if we saw a fellow Muslim or a woman wearing hijab, when I was a kid, we would get excited. MashaAllah, it's another Muslim. And now when we see another Muslim, alhamdulillah, it's no big deal. If we see a Muslim on TV, it's commonplace. Alhamdulillah, we are part of this country. But are we respected? As I said, I think we are, and we have more work to do. But aside from how American society looks at us, we have this global responsibility that I refer to. Um, And so the first thing that I want to sort of express concern but opportunity to do so is the fact that we as a community need, in my opinion, to become more cohesive. We are, alhamdulillah, a diverse community as I mentioned. You look around this hall and you see brothers and sisters from all different parts of the world. We are from different cultures and different ethnicities. And so when we talk about the need for cohesion, I ask myself first and then I ask you, how many African American brothers and sisters break bread with Bangladeshi brothers and sisters? How many Pakistani brothers and sisters break bread with Bosnian brothers and sisters. We are from different parts in different lands and from here, but we have to do, in my opinion, more to become more cohesive in order in order to fulfill the mission and the responsibility at hand. We are a microcosm and a reflection of these United States. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the 61st surah, Surah Al-Saf, in verse number three, he says, rahim Verily, God loves only those who fight in his cause in solid ranks, in solid ranks. That's the term I want to emphasize. God loves only those who fight in his cause in solid ranks as though they were a building firm and compact. Sadaqallah Are we that community that's becoming solid in our ranks? Are we that group of Muslims that are solid in rank to carry out the mission and the task at hand. That is something we should all be striving for in our inner selves and in our communal selves. We need to take deliberate steps towards building that cohesion, and it is something, as I said before, that I don't think we are doing enough of, but inshallah, this Islamic center and others will work towards that effort. You know, one of the events I will say though that does that here in Southern California is an event called Humanitarian Day. Some of you may be part of it. Humanitarian Day is put on by my dear brother, Brother Omar Hakim of Ilm Foundation. And essentially, Humanitarian Day is a day, one day in Ramadan, where Muslims from all over Southern California, from different mosques in Orange County, Riverside County, LA, all over Southern California from various backgrounds, from various ethnicities, come together in Skid Row, about five miles east of here to provide services for the homeless and the destitute. And that is a strong example, in my opinion, of fulfilling both that idea of building community cohesion but also carrying out the mission of our faith, which is to one of the missions of our faith, which is to help the less fortunate. So I want to recognize Brother Omar Hakeem. The second thing that I want to express some concern about, which is, how we as Muslims disagree with each other how do we disagree with each other we are a diverse group of people we have various opinions in the world and about matters political social religious etc but how do we express that disagreement with each other how do we talk to each other about that disagreement we unfortunately sometimes see very destructive and corrosive behaviors in our disagreement. Brother, if you don't agree with me, you're not Muslim. If you don't think the Quran says this the way I think about it, you're not Muslim. There's a destructiveness, a corrosiveness in some of our thinking and our mentality. And there's a lack of respect, I would say, that is rooted more in the bruising of ego than in principled thinking. And so we see that behavior sometimes, and it is important for us as Muslims to realize that we have a better way. That our approach of disagreeing should be rooted in respect. Our approach in not necessarily seeing eye to eye should be rooted in the fact that we still love another brother, love another sister, because we, they are fellow believers in It can't be rooted in the thought that plague on your house if you don't agree with me, it can't be rooted in this idea that if you disagree with me, I'm going to burn your house down. We should be having a loving heart, a tender heart for our fellow believers. If they think they are doing, if you think that they are not right, alhamdulillah, let them live and let live in some respects. God will be the judge. But it can't be one that descends into destructive or corrosive thinking or behavior towards one another. In fact, we talk about that, I say that amongst us as Muslims, but we know very well that that is something that our country is facing. Look at what's going on with these impeachment hearings in Washington, DC. If you turn on the TV for five, 10 minutes and you watch these hearings, you see the corrosive language. You see the destructive language. Our country needs some love. Our country needs to be elevated. Our country needs to figure out a better way forward And I would say us Muslims with our message can do it. And that brings me, I guess, to another point for us as Muslims. Sometimes we see how people in power are behaving, and we ignore our own faith and mimic their behavior. Sometimes we look at how a successful person is acting or behaving, and we say, gosh, if they got to this position in life, they must have done something right, so I'm gonna just act the way that they act. And of course, for us as Muslims, that is not acceptable. That is not how we act. And in fact, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala tells us, I'm gonna to have to condense the story here in the Quran, about the children of Israel when they started worshiping the golden calf. Children of Israel, they, they fled from Pharaoh's land. They were taking, taken away Moses had to go to Mount Sinai to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what did the children of Israel do in the absence of Moses? They built the golden calf. And what did they do with the golden calf? They started worshiping the golden calf. They started worshiping idols again. And they started doing that because that was what they were, that's what they saw the powers that be with Pharaoh and the people they had just fled that they were doing. So they were mimicking the behaviors of Pharaoh and his people. We as a community cannot mimic that. We cannot be that. We have a special message, a special concept, a special mission that we must fulfill and we have a special word in the Quran. You know, um, for us as Muslims, we have also now, thirdly, finally, that recognition that we have that special message. We should take pride in the fact that we are Muslims. We should not deny the fact that we are Muslims. We should take pride in the beauty of the Quran and what it is. Sometimes you find people who are not doing that. And I wanna share finally a story from a video series called The Secret Life of Muslims. Some of you may have heard of it. It's called The Secret Life of Muslims. It's actually a video series about Muslims telling positive stories about Muslims. It's actually created by a Jewish brother, believe it or not. And in one of the video series, it tells the story of a man named Richard McKinney, who lives in Muncie, Indiana. And Richard McKinney is a former Marine, US Marine. He served in the 90s and uh, I think in the 2000s, and anyhow, He served in Iraq, he served in Somalia, he served in other parts of the Middle East, and he was a gun Marine. He would get a tattoo of a bullet on his arm every time he killed somebody. He killed 26 people, at least 26 people. He said he stopped counting after 26 people. And he said he was full of hate, full of hate towards Muslims, towards Islam. And so he retired from the Marine Corps and he came back to Muncie, Indiana and he started to see the Muslims coming into Muncie, Indiana and they created their Islamic Center, the Islamic Center of Muncie and Richard grew more and more angry that he felt the enemy was infiltrating his land and so he decided he had enough, he was going to bomb the Islamic Center of Muncie. This is just a few years ago, by the way. He decided he was going to bomb the Islamic Center of Muncie, Indiana. And he had a chance interaction with his daughter that made him think for a second before placing the bomb. And he went, finally said to himself, you know what, I'm going to give these people one more chance. I'm going to go see what they're all about. And he walked into the Islamic Center of Muncie, to, to to say let's give these people one more chance. He went in. It was apparently just a, it was a weekday. It wasn't Juma prayer. He met somebody who was taking off his shoes to to pray. And this person said, "Here's a Quran. Read it. Let us know if you have any questions." Richard said, "Fine. You know what? I'm gonna read this, and I'm gonna find all the holes, and then it's gonna give me justification." He started reading the Quran and he found something he said he would say i found something and he would say aha, i got you i found it he would go back back to the co- to the mosque ask a question about it and he got an answer for it and 8 weeks after he walked into that mosque he became a muslim 8 weeks after that he walked in he said la ilaha illallah rasulullah 3 years later he became the chairman of the board My dear brothers and sisters, we have something powerful in our book. We have something that if we take a moment to read, it should touch our hearts, it should transform our hearts and our souls on a daily basis. Let us not forget that. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please guide us to the straight path. Please help us avoid wrongful behavior and sin. Oh Allah, please help our diverse community to be more cohesive and develop stronger bonds. Please help us grow together with the intent of serving in your way. O Allah, please bless our country with righteous and principled leaders and ones that will lead us to peace and prosperity. O Allah, please bless us with emotional intelligence and wisdom as we seek to lead a life that is pleasing to you. Ikalmatis Salam.